Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up? Another unusual episode here because I have to do an intro. I have to do an intro because we recorded for two damn hours and ran out of space on the recording machine. We did that because Chris asked this man to tell his whole life story from like age 10 on. Yeah, I'm blaming Chris and his father. So it's actually fine, but it's going to end rather abruptly. I understand if you have questions at the end. I do too. How does this all end? I don't know. Guy's grown now, so he's alive. He made it. He's standing. He's strong. Uh, So yeah, there's that. And then I also wanted to let the listenership, if that's the word, uh, know that the I in the last month we put out a bit less content just because I have been uh, quite busy learning, not learning, producing a video and going to Joshua Tree to do it. So uh, this video and song will be available on Spotify tomorrow. That's Tuesday, the 28th. Uh, love for you to check it out. Let me know what you think. It's not jokes. This is not a funny project, y'all. So if you laugh, I've done something terribly wrong. If you just think, think it's trash, then I guess it's uh, how I feel about Grey's Anatomy. So here we are. Uh, and yeah, again, that'll be available tomorrow, the 28th. Uh, holler at your boy, boy, boy. And let's get into the episode. is this dude um doing his stencils are you cutting those by hand are you plotting them are you using a cricket what are you using because that's a talk you have a lot of layers on a lot of them yeah that's all hand hand done that's crazy bro (laughs) is it i mean that means you're actually fucking grinding because (laughs) yes yes by the way we're we're live as soon as you sit down here for sure for sure but yeah yeah that that means you're actually grinding bro because here's the thing I know the process, and I know that, look, I know what I'm willing to do to make a painting. <laughs> willing to do. <laughs> and I've seen, that's the thing, and I've seen, no, no, I've seen, I've seen stencil, I've seen stencil artwork, right? And it's like, okay, you can do eight layers. Eight layers is like, that's a shit ton of stencils, right? Yeah. But then, if you really want to make something look dope, you maybe go 10, 12, 16 layers. That's a lot of cutting. But then, if you're going at this scale... That's a lot of cutting. Yeah, <laughs> that's a and lot then, of cutting. But then, but then, when you look at the amount of paintings you've done at a large scale, I'm like, this dude, he he has to be plotting them. Or I'm like, I'd be damned if he's cutting all those. <laughs> I'd be damned if he's cutting all those by hand. That's a lot, bro. Definitely cutting. Is it? I I actually don't see. I mean, I guess I could do 16 layers, but. Then it's just a regular painting, like just. Then it, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> look. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't look. It, it doesn't have that like feel. edge to it. Yeah, exactly, but, exactly. Yeah, I generally do like four or five layers, depending on what it looks like, and yeah, yeah cut it all by hand. I mean, I've actually never even tried to do it any other way. But at this size, I don't think I. I mean, you definitely can't use a Cricut. I could use that for. Yeah, you, like a twelve-inch maybe maximum painting yeah, or something. Yeah, I mean, if you it would actually probably have to be ten to account for whatever two-inch whatever there. You know. Yeah. 
But uh, but that's pretty amazing, bro. I mean, I I think it's dope. I applaud you for doing it. But that's the, that's the cool part about making art and painting, right? Is that this process works for you so well, and the reason why I know it works for you so well is because you keep doing it. Hmm. And that's the thing. I think that it's like anything that somebody does is um, anything that somebody does is gonna be hard, right? But there's some joy that you get from that process even though it's tedious and 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 just tough you keep making them and and you're making them big and you're making you're doing a lot of work right which is uh which is dope i just wanted to know because i'm like i need to know i need to hear him say it for himself (laughs) if he's he's cutting all these then like that's dope because it's just grind bro it just it's value it's all it's all about the value right well i would say that and this was part of my like understanding early but you know i would try to get stuff very like accurate and using something like a cricket or something like that which would make it super accurate Mm -hmm. um actually takes away from it in my opinion by hand cutting you can see the mistakes and at first i'd be like if someone would come see something i'm like oh don't look at that one that one's you know i didn't do it right they're like no i love they point Especially at a show. They can't People just go tell. right to that point. No, they can tell. They go right to the point where something's messed up. And they're like, oh, I love this part. Did you do that on purpose? And I'm like, no. And I, I started to figure out why. It's people don't want shit that looks like a robot did it. Mm-hmm. Humans make mistakes, and that's what makes people connect with art. They, yeah. they want to see, like, if you saw the, a picture of the Mona Lisa, it's different than, I mean, the Mona Lisa is actually kind of a trash, bad example. But if you, saw, if you saw a picture of, of artwork, when you get up close... You're looking for where, like, where the paint strokes are. Where, right. how is? Prove to me that you didn't do this on a printer. Right, right. Yeah, that's dope. There's a lot of different angles, man. Like, I, I definitely, I, I first started making paintings, and when I first started making them, I wanted to make them look digital because I was into digital art. So I wanted to make them look exact. Yeah. And like I was doing it, but what I noticed is that people didn't really, it didn't have that wow factor, right? And people weren't coming out the woodwork saying, oh, I like that, I like that, I like that. But then once I start doing like a more organic style, then people start coming out the woodwork and being like, because, and then that's when I noticed like people want that raw feel and that raw look and like. It's the Uncanny Valley shit, bro. Exactly. And, and the thing is too, is like people do respect, people do respect hyper-realistic artists where you can look at the painting and you'd be like, that shit looks like it's actually wet. Yeah. Like, yeah. it looks like it's water. Yeah. But then, um, but that's another, that's a whole other thing, right? That's amazing because it's like, oh my God, this person is amazing because they made paint look like Skin. real life. Yeah. They yeah. made it look like a photo. So that's cool. But also, the raw organic drawing or raw organic painting um, gives people, it kind of, it's kind of like you're looking at a human, right? Because you're looking at a very raw thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel... It doesn't look right. It looks cool, but like, it's something edgy about it, and it's uh, it's more, it's more raw. I think so. It's imperfect, like people are imperfect. Exactly, and that, that's what talk. That's what speaks to people. I think, man, and that's uh, I don't know. It's something to say about that. It's super cool, fascinating. Yeah, I was just having a talk about this yesterday. I mean, uh, on the golf course, I golf. People wonder. <laughs> a little brag right there. Not <laughs> on the not golf good. course. <laughs> Smash it though. Uh, the it's what attracts people to art 
I mean, I think the first thing is, yeah, they want to feel connected to it. Mm -hmm. And there's multiple ways to do that. Um, but I would say even beyond the, the less robotic version is that people want to know the story. Art, like if a picture's a thousand words, a painting is a million words. Right. Um, and I was kind of lamenting, without naming any names, not even lamenting. You know what? I'm going to just say straight up I'm jealous that this person was able to do it this way. Um, but this artist that I've known for a while, when I knew her, she wasn't an artist. She just started doing it one day. But she's an attractive woman, and so she's doing these paintings and, like, taking the picture with her in oh, the painting. Man. And what's funny is I thought that I, without even thinking about it when I started, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, oh, this is what people do. And people are like, why are you in this picture with the, <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the Just show I the painting. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's doing it for a different reason. Like, people is attracting people. And it worked. Yeah. Like, she's been featured on, like, Sports Center recently and all yeah. these things. And, like, but her paintings are very well done. But they're, like, somewhere between hyper-realist and, like, just a regular painting of a photo. Like you've seen something like that before. Yeah. And I guess there's literally no imagination or story to them and she can still sell them at, <laughs> at, at a high level. I mean, that's how yeah. the conversation started was me yeah. like kind of lamenting that. Like, again, it's just straight jealousy. Like if I could do it, I would do it 100%. <laughs> yeah. But, but I was, I took it a step further to say that like for everyone else, you need to have a story behind what you're doing. It, yeah. it can't just be, I can't just paint a picture of Michael Jordan dunking just straight up. Cause then like, a everyone else can do that. And B what choices did I make? What, what right. did I do as an artist right. that gives anyone a reason to choose mine over someone else's? Right. right. But that's super interesting though, too. I, I look, I used to look at that a lot, bro. And I, I think it's like, look, it's so interesting how like, I'm gonna get deep here. And on some real artist shit, right? Because, Go ahead. That's what it's for. Because <laughs> artists, look, dude, it's like this. Art, once you start making art, I think anybody can make art first off. Not saying that everybody's paintings are going to be great, but I think eventually, it's like you're lifting weights. Eventually, you're going to get strong as hell if you just keep doing it. I say the exact same thing. There's no so, such thing as like, oh, I can never do that. I'm like, yes, you no, can. No, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, it's going to start. You're going to find your, your style, but... The cool thing about art is like once you start doing it, it'll start to tell you what who you are and what you are, right? Hmm. So you could be jacked with a six pack and all this stuff and start taking these pictures and people might not be into that because it's not the same as like a, a hot girl taking pictures and posing with their paintings. You might get some, you might get some, you know, you could be a white dude, you could be a black dude, but guess what? Everybody has something that people it's like you have to fit, you, you have to, from what I see is like, you have to play the game at where you are, right? So hmm. like for me, I used to take photos with my paintings a lot. Then I realized like, oh, this is not going to work for me because certain reasons. <laughs> certain reasons. I think the same reasons that I have. Certain reasons. I'm like, I'm going to try to tiptoe around it. Certain reasons, like, you know, it's like, you're, you're, you're a black dude, so... I think it's a two-facet thing, though, Hogan. I'm going to let you get back to your point, but I think it with art, it's, it's, it's branding. So Shorty just figured out a branding that works for her, mixed with, like you all said, with the imperfections thing, is that every art is your 
your way of doing it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. her way of doing art is making the realistic picture and then going, oh yeah, I'm hot too. Absolutely. So buy this. You <laughs> yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like it's yeah. like like that. That's what she figured and out. I to, totally respect that too yeah. because you got you have to get it right. You have to connect with people some way and open their eyes some way, right? Yeah. So you know, I think that's. Uh, but that's the cool part about making art is that it'll show you like you know I entered I entered the game like thinking I was going to just sell paintings just because I was going to sell them, huh. but it like kind of shows you like no like you need to connect with this type of person or you need to connect with these people, hmm. and then you'll get to where you need to be. But here's your here's your entry, right? I I don't think that I named my entry. I think that I started doing it, and after a while I figured out oh, I'm connecting with these kind of people and this is who I talk to. And from there, it it uh it kind of expands, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, how, like, where do I introduce myself? Do I where, I'm about to do that right now. You don't have to? Okay. Can you let us, you can you let us my, hold my our bad, show, bro? God like damn. Shit. You know, conversations <laughs> can go. I don't introduce <laughs> nobody out this bit. We're just talking and eating. And people see your name on the fucking title, bitch. Black man want to come in and always take over some shit. Let me grill, damn. nigga. Oh, damn. Okay, anyway, since he's so pressed for it, ladies and gentlemen, this is Chris Hogan, a.k.a. Von Dion, a.k.a. Thanks Canvas, a.k.a. The nigga with more a.k.a.s in the Bodega yeah, Boys. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I've known this guy since we were youths, uh, like 15, bro. I've mm-hmm. known this man for more than so a decade. That's also? crazy, bro. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't say... Now that I'm out here, I can't really say I'm from Detroit, but I'm from, you know, I'm from the metropolitan area. I'm from West Bloomfield, so it's just suburbs, yeah. you know. For, for somebody from San Diego, yeah. you're from Detroit, I was going to say, anybody outside. I mean, I've been meeting, yeah. I met a lot of people, and I'm like, I'm from Detroit, and then I tell them where I'm from, they're like, no, that's not Detroit, I've been to Detroit. Yeah, like, but still, like, for, for, for all those people, there's an equal amount of people who go... So Detroit. <laughs> it's like, bro, yeah, like, I guess technically I'm not from the city of San Diego. I'm from, like, I'm from fucking San Diego, motherfucker. Like, I'm not gonna have to take the time to be like, yeah, have you heard of Cardiff by the sea? It's a, it's a, it's a great little beach nook. <laughs> so beach, so surfy. So surfy. Yeah, bro. Great waves, bro. Great waves. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Um, yeah, anybody who's that much of an asshole about that can kick rocks, dog. It's like, I'm clearly saying this for ease. You know right. what I mean? Like, fucking asshole. I'm trying to help you. That's yeah, 100%. Do, well, um, Hogan and I both, you know, started our uh, athlete, uh, you know, path in the same lane. We both play football together on a... Um, team that I'm not going to lament about because we talk about it too often, honestly. Well, I don't know anything uh, about this, though, so you have to, nah, you have to nah, go nah, on. Nah, 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 I don't want to be the biggest complaining about high know, school football, bro. I didn't know you played football <laughs> until just now. You built like a running back-ass yeah. motherfucking like Alvin Kamara-ass motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You look African. You look strong. <laughs> We've already determined that Africans are stronger. Emeka Okafor confirmed. True. He did not deny when I he said you it. had that African strength. He, he had nothing to not say. He was second. like, um... <laughs> You look like you have Africanized <laughs> running back speed and strength. So I want to know some details about oh, that. Oh, wow. Africanized. I've, I've oh, just wow. been Africanized. But, um, That's true. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. But uh, no, but look, okay, we, we, we're not going to drop any names, but we went to a prep school and um, 
It was it was cool. You know, we kind of, I think by us being there, we kind of turned a program around a handful of people. You know, yeah. me and my brother. 100%. Uh, O'Neal Swanson, you know. It was, Benny, it, you know, I'm going to drop names. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Benny, Benny Fowler, Fowler. Yeah, you just don't have to be on this. I'm not going to drop any names immediately. Yeah, no. I'm not going to drop any names. Jordan Stray, Kenny Tim. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These men need credit. They need credit because we. We earn those people a lot of money. Real talk, bro. Real talk. No joke, man. From like two years before we got there, it was like, what, 08 to like two years after we left. Yeah. Was a different program, Mm -hmm. bro. Like they hadn't been to the state championship since the nineties. And bruh. we went two we went two times in a row. Like back early nineties, like when we were born was when they went, bro. Like yeah. So, you know, it was a. but the but the thing that Chris doesn't want to talk about is our terrible coaching staff. <laughs> Garbage. And bro. we had all the talent in the world. We were actually I'm gonna tell you, when I went to go play college football, I did not know how to read defense. At all, bro. At all. At all. I just, we were playing, we were, and by the way, the second, our second time around going to the state championship run, we set the seven points were scored on us in the, the playoffs. whole playoffs, the whole bro. playoffs, nobody scored just off athleticism. And I dudes think, were just athletic. And I gifted. think this, I think the seven points, maybe it was a touchdown. Maybe it was like field goals or it was, it wasn't There's, even like, that's a, not like, possible. So. No, it was, it was a, it was a, it's like a trick just, play, bro. I don't know a lot about like a football, but what I do know <laughs> is that you can't get seven points by field goals. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a turnover, bro. It was a turnover. <laughs> I'm not a small man, but I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I just know, I just know it was, I just know it was something. It was like we had seven points scored on us, and it was like not all one touchdown. And they went to the state championship, and they just said, "Let's change all the defense, and switch this shit yeah. the fuck up for some reason." Yeah, it was absolutely crazy. So first off, they did that, and they didn't. I mean, I don't know if it was just me, but they didn't teach any defense. No. We just played D off raw talent, and we were locking dudes down because we were strong and fast and had instincts. Very much high school sports. It was ter- But it was bad, though. Like, I didn't realize how much behind the eight ball dudes were until you go to fucking a program like Michigan. You're like, oh, fuck, I don't know what football is. I'm yes. just I'm just fast and can move okay. people out the way, bro. The same thing at basketball, like, though. I play with guys who, like, yeah, that caught up with them day one. <laughs> and I play with other guys who, like... Like, I don't know if the, this isn't hating because this is actually awesome. Leon Poe, I still don't think understands basketball. <laughs> He's just that good at basketball. <laughs> He's like the number two recruit out of high school. Came in. We're like, oh, here's the program. He's like, fuck the program. Give me the ball. And just carried us. <laughs> just carried us along. No, 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 no. Hold my shit. Nigga. He, Let he, me do me. He won a chip with the Celtics. And he scored 27 in like the game set, like the deciding game or like game six Love or whatever. I don't know if you remember Leon Poe. He's probably a guy no, you don't know about. Okay, no. yeah. He was on the Celtics. They beat the Lakers in the finals. And in one of the games, because he was like the seventh man, he scored 27. And it was like huge to help them win the finals, right? So then we're playing open gym at Cal. Like this is probably the last one of the last times I saw him in person. Like that next summer. And he's like, he's now he now knows championship NBA level basketball. And he's just saying everything wrong, but trying to coach everybody in the gym. It's like, oh, you need to top lock that. I'm like, that's not what that is at all. And he's like getting mad at people like, bro, you need to trail the screen. It's like, there's not even a screen set, bro. You don't understand what you're doing. You're just that good. You just roll the balls out and you just fucking figure it out. That man was just crazy. natural talent, bro. 
He yeah. said, you know what? I'm going to tell you everything incorrect. Don't, don't listen to me. Follow me, okay? But I said that just because I guess <laughs> there's a lot of that at the high school level. Yeah. But each level you go, you usually don't see someone who can keep doing that. No. You like, but no. there's a lot of bad coaching in high school, and people don't really get that. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible coaching yeah. at high school level for most people. It's yeah. just it's so jarring when you when you get hit with it. You're like, oh, boy. Because, uh, I mean, you're playing a bunch of bozos anyway, though. Also like, true. Ha- like, 75% of co- of uh, high school sports is just... Fubats. they just there. Yeah. Which is wild that people still, like, hang on to that time in their life so <laughs> right? strongly. Like, Bro, I used like, to play in high school, like... Like, 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 I would give like 50 and 38 <laughs> rebounds to you. Like, you got population. me a scholarship, motherfucker. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> You're a body. He said, You got me a scholarship. <laughs> you were the highlight reel, dude. That's crazy. That's so crazy. That's, That's so fucking crazy. mean. <laughs> Where's the lie? There isn't one. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's true. Cause that's the that's dude with the so class true. ring too, bro. He's stunting with his class <laughs> ring. He's like, yeah, man, fucking eighty-eight. That's sick. I, I went for a hundred yards. That's not a lot. <laughs> that's not a lot. That's one run. That's one long Uncle run, bro. Ass motherfuckers oh boy. Oh boy. Let's think of Rod is a bully. <laughs> keep, I'm so far away from it now. I could just talk my shit. <laughs> Okay. Um, well, yeah. So, but we also like the prep school was uh, absurdly private schooly in that they really um, wanted you to express yourselves in like the nonsense ways that you, private yeah. schools do. They, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. But it also like gave you chances. Was this co-ed private school? Out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom, <laughs> like, they were doing the recruiting. So all these schools recruited. Like real talk, oh, right? Heavy. And um, my mom had me do tours of all of the schools, and um, she was like, "Which one do you want to go to?" And I was like, "The one with girls." Bro. I, was <laughs> like, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Duh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, my mom. My mom made me go to an all boys school my freshman year, and Chaos. I got into a fight every day. With a non surprise, it's not good, bro. And, and Chris, Chris knows I fight people. I used to, I used to, <laughs> you Africanized, of course you do. You don't fight, you win. People are, are surprised how strong you are. Let's get to the ring with you. You're not catching me that, that dark ass skin. You're not catching me in a fight. Fuck that. I see it. I hit me with a javelin or some shit. I think I said a javelin. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Oh my fucking god, man! Holy He's shit, so dumb, bro! <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Dog. Yeah, that is a good point. But I, because Hogan has one of the greatest transformations in a black man that I've seen, and uh, I'm gonna let him talk about that later. But when we talk about Country Days, it really prepped you to go into the world. I will say more so than college, because you were just around rich white folks. But you got to also figure your shit out yeah. like we did every art class like Schwartz yeah. painting uh, Schwartz was ceramics painting photography all yeah. this stuff was there for you to figure out your lane and also like, also it really what it taught what it taught me is that like there's no rule there's like fake rules right uh, it's like they gave us so much work that you had to cheat yeah <laughs> you had to figure it out you had to figure it out they were like do what you gotta do the thing is they know you're cheating <laughs> they know you're cheating. They just like, we know you're cheating. Just don't be dumb enough to get caught. Cheat good. Cheat good. Yeah. Cheat. The American yeah. way. And that's, that's a, yeah. And, and here's, the, here's the sad part about it is that like, I caught on to that late. 
I came in the game. I came in the game like I just need to. Like how are they? How are they doing this, right? And I wasn't. I wasn't making A's or anything like that. I was trying hard to get B's, bro. Real hard. Had tutors. Had all kind of after school stuff. You have a father. Yeah, my (laughs) mom. They're fucker. Come on. (laughs) You should see the look in his eye when he asked me that. Yeah, every day. I do not know why it's funny every time, bro. Every fucking time. I mean, I, I wanted to say no. Right, <laughs> yeah, he, he doing a strong arm into that shit. He was like, nigga, you got that You think I'm like, what? Do I nigga got that? Like, what the hell? Like, oh my god. I'm sorry, bro. I'm oh shit. It's okay, man. Oh, Let's finish your little story, man. Oh my Tell me god. Again about all the advantages you had. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> This nigga is sick, bro. <laughs> we haven't had one fatherless guest. What even is this? I thought black men didn't have fathers. I thought I'd find We break stereotypes out here, nigga. I will tell you, though. I will tell you. I didn't oh, have shit. a father. My, my dad grew up, and I grew up oh, with my fuck. dad. Uh, but we, oh, had a so lot of, we had a lot of problems, man. Like That's kind of like... That's kind of like the development of my story. Like now, now that everything is done with, and I've gone and I've done like therapy and like I've done, you know, like classes, and I've started to like dig at the roots of like, um, like why I am the why the way I am. It's like all because of these like, you know, like family wounds, like mother and father wounds, right? And it's things that like these people are doing based on like they just like some of some of the things they're doing is like that's a dumbass bozo mistake but some of the things is just like they're trying they're preoccupied with life and they're just trying to live and they don't necessarily know how to take care of a a kid in the right way they don't know the right choices and also like they're black people so i don't know if that's a great excuse but i think that you know there's a lot of confusing things that happens there's a lot of sacrifices that need to be made. There's a lot of real tough decisions that you need to make. And uh, I'll get into that later. But yeah. I, I have something that I just discovered. But so, but yeah, I did. I did grow up with my dad. And I, <laughs> yeah, right. It's a, it's a different. It's a different list of traumas. Not having a dad than not having one. Because yeah, parents. You sound like the same people who say like, oh, having money is like. It's great, but it's a burden. Nah, nigga. There's motherfuckers that's broke. Nah. Like, just give me a dollar. I'm so hungry. Nah, nigga. No, I get it. I get it. Nah, it's fuck out of here, bro. That's money, is, more it's problems, my nigga. I'm wrong. Oh, my God. You son of a bitch. No, it's a good point. Fuck. Jesus, bro. You're not going to switch me on this. You son of a bitch. You son of a The point I was trying to get at is that it's it's funny i've had to think about this a lot that like parents are just like us right they're people who were just trying to figure some shit out and they are they have their parents that were doing the same thing and like you said they're black people and think two generations ago nigga that's a whole different a, life, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, different yeah. from where we live. Yeah. And so you know what I mean? Like made for you in a you way, don't, right? You, you're, you're not developed to to create a person who has minimal things fucked up in their brain if that's where you're coming from. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's crazy deep psychological trauma on both sides of my family. Yeah. And you 
it's like, well, what do you expect? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? They're doing their best, but it's like at the end of the day, I mean, <laughs> you go fuck up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that's that, where our shit goes from. And that, that's the thing, though. The sad part is that, like, everybody fucks up. Yeah. Everybody in the world, everybody that's ever existed fucks up. But for black people, yeah. it's like you're fucking up a fuck up. That's a fuck up. That's a fuck up. <laughs> yeah. That you didn't actually fuck up yourself. Yeah, you get so, you got yes. thrown an additional yeah. fuck up on top of everything. So your fuck up is really hard. Yeah. Right? So anyway, um, let's 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 get in the journey, bro. Uh, let's let's how how do you go from. Um, Christian Dion, the man with a real short temper who slaps pizzas out of people's hands, to college athlete, to the artist oh, you are today. <laughs> what's your government name? He said so many names. I have a lot of names. What's, well, your, my, what's on your ID? My real name the Detroit is, ID. My, my real name is Christian Dion Hogan, and it, it has all developed because I, you know, I started a company a while ago. It was by Christian Dion. And it was because I did so many things. I started out as a photographer, and um, and then, but I knew that. Oh I my could, bad, Trico, the rapper too. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> I start, I was actually a rapper at first. So, so actually, starting from the beginning, um, you know, I just uh, do I just tell my whole family story, or do I jump right into? Hold the, on, no, I'm curious no. about all the names. Okay. 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 What, so, so, did you just have like? I know you're younger, like AOL Instant Messenger. I didn't know. I wasn't okay. into that. Then, like, what are like your like email? I want to know your email handles and <laughs> I, and he's got scre- so many and your bro. names from like jump to now. Bro, that, all, we're gonna go around the, the table. That's an hour long podcast. We're gonna go around the table. We're, okay. we're gonna go around the table. My very first, my very first uh, uh, email address was football is my verb at Yahoo, which is really terrible. But <laughs> what kind of how common old are you ass? That? What kind of common ass? <laughs> I don't know. Neo Soul ass. That's actually like, that's like over the, my fucking head. I'm 6'10". That shit is way over my head. I don't know. Football is my verb. I'm still processing that. I'm going to think about that before I go to sleep tonight. Okay, okay, brother. Okay, brother. Basketball is my adjective. You grown? He was saging. He was saging when he typed that shit. Bruh, I'm just saying, I grew up, you know, my mom, my mom was an attorney, so she always pressed niggas on grammar. And all this stuff, and it was just a natural thing. And uh, and I footballed. <laughs> and I footballed. <laughs> bam, bam. There you go. Okay, what's the next one? Um, the next one was uh, another name that I used for like three months. It was C Banks at Gmail. C Banks at Gmail. Like Carlton Banks. Like Carlton Banks, because I was rapping, and I was like, well. I'm like a prep school nigga, and like that's the that's the angle that I'm gonna use. Uh, yeah, I'm a prep school nigga. This is the content I was expecting. This is what I was expecting with that question. Premium content. So so C Banks is uh, Barry, but if you look up C Banks on YouTube, you'll probably find. Is that where the uh, free, the keep the cipher going? Is that no? Bro, that's where, where uh, is that video and that beat? I need both. It's it's gone, bro. It's <laughs> all gone. Uh, Damn. You'll find some content though. You'll find something. Oh, shit. Just push through. Just push through. We on the streets. We gotta fight. We gotta fight through. Okay. Um. The next one. I don't even remember, man. I think. Um, 
I have so many emails. I have so many emails. I create Gross. emails. That's the kind of thing. Just, just the highlights, man. I'm, just the highlights. Well, I think. Give me two. Give me three more. Three more. Let's go with. Um, give me IG handles too. It could be any any of them that you think are significant. Ooh. Go through the IG handles. IG handles. <laughs> I had a, I had an IG handle one time called um, the last known artist, and it was just um, it was just like random drawings and stuff. Um, I had another one called Famous Painter Dion. That was just like it's actually speaking into existence. Yeah, it's actually my it's actually my handle now, but I uh, but I it's actually the same page, but different handle. And then um, and then I got the new email right now. It's uh, Mr. Von Dion, which is where I'm where I've landed. But I still have like three or four different email addresses, just depending on those are all email. pretty consistent. The only outlier is the C Banks. The C Banks one Banks is, is funny, yeah. Bro. I thought I was gonna be a rapper. I never actually had a Trico. I never had a Trico uh, email address, but I was Trico for probably about three or four years. I was I was oh, so a rapper. There was a minute where you I were was, committed to being Trico. I was rapper, Trico, bro. yeah, and uh, that name made no sense at all. <laughs> but I just thought it sounded. How old was good. that? I was probably eighteen. I was yeah. like right into college, like. Hmm. And my friend actually 20. Kenny Kenny Watkins, which I hit him up <laughs> on a social media platform. I haven't talked to this dude in a while. But he gave me the name. He used to make, he didn't make beats, but he was like acting as my DJ on track. So he would just be in the background like, ha ha, <laughs> <laughs> DJ K. Watt, run it back. He was doing, <laughs> like, he was doing like a where'd you find that or not. That's yeah, like, yeah. He like reversed the track like six times before I start. Like, I would say like two bars and he'd be like, run it back. <laughs> run it back. <laughs> it's like, so, he had the perfect voice for that shit. <laughs> it, it sounded dope. It sounded dope. But it was just, it was all very weird because he never made music before. Hmm. He never really. He just wanted to do something cool, but he gave me that name, Trico. Trico had four hot tracks, bro. He had four bangers. You can find. Are you on some of these tracks? I wanted to, but he would never send me the beat. <laughs> me and my homie Diaz wow. were like, "Yo, send us the beat." Code man. Word. He did not respect your <laughs> I guess not. lyrical ability. He I guess not. <laughs> he was gonna fuck it up. Hey. I don't need to defend my bars, nigga. I know I got them. <laughs> Fuck you, me. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Chris, I'm going to need to hear your your old handles or emails. They're not that interesting. Um, my AOL was also my first email, and that was just randomly generated from AOL, and it was free to rap 22, which feels kind of racist. Free now that I think rap? about thing it. The thing is, though, I, <laughs> you, I, I thought you always made that one. Never. Never. It's, it's free to rap 22, and it was just, AOL yeah, was like, rap. rap. Wow. Which is why even AOL knew I had bars, nigga. (laughs) You didn't want this motherfucker? (laughs) It was selected by America Online. I didn't know that, though. Thank you. If I would have known that, maybe I would have, you know, maybe I would have had a different perspective. Hey, you're lost, bro. That's crazy. AOL was like, this works for you. And I was like, hey, you get it, nigga. Click. (laughs) I said, I'll take that. And so that was that email. And then all the rest of them were pretty straightforward. Chris underscore Lee underscore Eddins and then Chris Eddins 92. We had an Instagram called uh, Picture Time and we are uh, dressed up like Jake and Finn from Adventure Time. Except that we still were exists. It does because we were just taking headshots for people and like dudes were like, you know how everybody <clears throat> has a homie who's like, bro, can you take some pictures from my clothing line and I'll give you some gear? No, nigga. Especially I don't want your gear. Age, yeah. <laughs> I don't want your gear. Give me money, nigga. That used, <laughs> that used to be time. a thing. That used to be a thing. But um, that's one. And then at Dreads, it's a real short. 
It's a real short story for my names. The yeah. free to rap is the only real funny one. Okay. What about okay. you, bro? My first one, AOL, was DJRB13. <laughs> I never touched fucking turntables in my life, but I wanted to. <laughs> Speaking into existence. <laughs> I was 13 years old. I'm like, DJs what? are great. <laughs> Everybody loves the DJ. In 1997, DJs were still hot. Like mix, like actual scratching oh, records was a fucking hot thing. This the is the Technics I mean, yeah. with the with the vinyl on them. Yeah, I was yeah. very inspired. Did you ever start trying to DJ? Uh, my boy Alex got a set of turntables, and I hope Alex is listening to this. He got like expense. He's from a family where they like had money. Okay. <laughs> Like anything that he wanted, basically he eventually got. Like yeah. he was like, but he's a good guy and like you know got good grades and all that, so he earned it. But uh, he got turntables, and we're like, oh shit, we about to get in the DJ game. It's probably my like junior year of high school, and I don't think he ever fucking either of us ever did anything with him. Like not once. It's a big investment for like if a black mother gets you two thousand dollars equipment and you don't DJ. You're never getting anything again. No, yeah, you're done. Yeah, that's it, cut off, cut off time. You better learn, motherfucker. The thing is, though, the DJ, DJing and scratching DJ equipment like that is the entry level is super high. Yeah, unless you're naturally talented. You know, my my oldest brother, he he actually saved up, you know, all through middle school, and by the time he was like a sophomore in uh, in high school, he was able to buy like the, a legit set of techniques. A mixer, yeah, and he was buying vinyls every single um, every single weekend. We would go down to Seven Mile. It was like um, it was a record shop right by my church, and he would go and buy vinyls every weekend. He would buy like two, and then by the time he was a senior, he had a whole collection. But like, still, it was like very hard. Like, yeah, you have to be literally lock yourself in a room and figure out how to make it work. So Man. we didn't do that. <laughs> we didn't do any of that. I don't even know if we, we ever got a record. We didn't do that. Alex, if you're listening, DM me after this. Did you get we one record? Didn't do that. One? A single one? We did make a rap song. He said we didn't do that. This is a great segue into my second name. My second name was... Luda Crispy Chicken. Oh, oh my goodness. My this is the puns, bro. Because <laughs> Alex, same guy, and I were driving up. I had an unofficial visit at like SC to watch them play Oregon. And we when we got into LA and switched to like the LA radio station, I want to say it's Power 106. They did like the 7 at 7. Yeah. And there was like, like this guy, whoever's talking to, like announcing the songs, had this weird voice. And so he was just like saying random shit. And he's like, at number six, when I hit the Punta Nani, he only I has one roll one. out my ludicrous <laughs> chicken. And I was like, gold, gold. Let me check AOL right now. See if ludicrous chicken is available. And it was. It fucking was. Oh Lock that shit down. That's crazy. <laughs> that's mine. That's mine. It I need that. to me. And roll out. <laughs> that song is hot right now. It's 2001. Motherfucker, this shit is hot. That shit we in the game. Hot. So Ooh, then after I got that name, he got the DJ stuff, which we, again, we never used, but we made a song and it turned into this whole thing because he didn't want to write his own bars. So I wrote his for him. Yeah. This is the first rap song we ever made. So it's clearly like my part is trash too, but his part is extra trash. And I just remember there's this one line that he says like, 
I have a I have a black expedition and a green jaguar straight from the east side of West Delmar. <laughs> it's like the way his voice goes, Delmar. <laughs> we recorded this on a CD and tried to like, and I loved it. And I was trying to like play it for people. And the first couple of people he played it for, they laughed so hard at his part that he got like really ashamed. Yeah. He's like, this is, he's like, no, this, this is done. And he like, I remember he like snatched the CD from me. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm gonna destroy this. And he's about to break it, and I, I like dive at him, and we end up like a like one of those Family Guy chicken and fucking Peter style fights for like 40 minutes, like rolling. Like he had the staircase that wound down and like in a circle, and we're like rolling down and like he's just battling over the sea. <laughs> when, when he finally got to the ground, I had snatched it from him, but it was like bent like all. Oh, I was like, no. Who are you, Chevy? And the song was gone. That was it. Oh my god. That's so crazy. That's hilarious, bro. Y'all should have just freestyled like the rest of us. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't have other black kids in my school for guidance. And I most certainly didn't have a black father. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do in the rap game. In fact, my dad did leave three records oh my at my god. house that are probably still at my mom's house. Oh my god. Like Run DMC and Eric B and Rakim. Oh shit. And that's it. And so like that's my that's what my father left me. Like, rap nigga, figure it out. <laughs> Goodbye. That's Peace. So fun. That's so fun, bro. <laughs> rap nigga, no. figure it out. <laughs> that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Rap nigga figure it out. And so then, like, hold on. My next one was Shake Them Haters Off. That was when I was a junior in college. That makes sense. And then after that, I believe was Boom Though, which carried basically to Dude, to now. Was yeah. Boom Though? Boom Though was my old clothing line. Like it was like oh, the whole. Man. Got a bunch of videos based on this. It was mm-hmm. kind of like a. It was a big thing. Like there's a lot of people still now. If I say Boom, like will see me somewhere and they'll be like Boom Though, and I'm like. You must know me from 2008. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> you like Tumblr MySpace, bro? <laughs> that's that's kind of dope, though. Yeah, it, it was big. It was a movement. We kind of. I, I had this whole. I used to like the idea of it being like. I. I so I, I always liked the Apple Jacks commercials. I was like, but these don't taste like apples. Like, we what we like. Like that's not an answer. <laughs> so people would be like, oh, what's boom though? I'd be like, it's a movement. And they'd be like, and? I'm like, it's a movement. <laughs> Fill in the blanks, motherfucker. Here's so rap. Figure it out. I learned this from my father. That's so fucking irritating. It's a movement. That's not a fucking answer. Start Father, you got some explaining to do, bro. Help. You ain't a monster, dog. Help. This nigga said it's a movement. I guess that makes it mysterious, bro. Go ahead. Oh. Shit. Wow. <clears throat> Anyways, man. That was hella funny. That was a okay. great That was a great 15-minute segue. Let's get back to you now. <laughs> oh, my God. We all learned so much about each other. It was really Holy special. shit. <laughs> It's like it's a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh my god! All right, Dion. Shit, I'm sweating now. Where do I start? <laughs> um, <clears throat> whew. 
Um, let's start. Let's start with football. <clears throat> let's start like towards the end of uh, foosball. Okay, so I was just. Uh, I don't know. My my high school football career was not what I wanted, but I ended up, you know, I made plays. I wanted to be a running back all four years. Cause I, I, was, I called his fucking position. I knew it. Running back yeah. ass, dark African ass yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. But, but you I know mean, what? He's, he's built like a house and he's <laughs> under six foot. No duh. Yeah, yeah that's no <laughs> Okay, man. I'm so proud of myself. So I wanted, I really wanted that, but the problem is I didn't have crazy speed like that. But then also we had Jonas Gray, who was yeah. all American, hmm. went to play for the Patriots. Not even, and then after he left, we had O'Neal. O'Neal ran a four four. Yeah, he was skinny, but he had shakes, and he ran a four four. So I didn't really have like that much opportunity to even practice at running back. Like I played running back my freshman year, and uh, and little league. Word. But I've but I've always you know I've always been a very versatile player like I played fullback linebacker fullback type. linebacker D line you know like I knew how to play all the all the positions pretty much because we had to I, yeah exactly there's only twenty two dudes on the team yeah you know yeah. <clears throat> so the majority of my high school career I actually played D line and I just had to make it work I wasn't necessarily happy about that but like I was like you know what this is where I'm at and. The coach promised me, he's like, bro, you're going to get to play running back. I know you came here to play running back. You're going to get to play running back. But at the same time, I knew that, like, Jonas Gray are All-American. So we're going to win games. So I came in, like, I wanted to shine, but I also knew that, like, damn, if we win a, if we win a championship, that's huge. I don't really care. Hmm. I just want to kind of, you know, I want to win games. Like, yeah. that's what I've always It's a rare attitude for a high school, I would say. It's it's rare, but you know, I came I came from winning program when I was in Little League. Like we beat the shit out of everybody. So that's just what I just did. Such didn't. a swaggy <clears throat> statement. Came from a winning little league program. Yeah, I mean, it's like the two years you're like age eleven and twelve. We bro, built something there, bro. I mean, it was we, special. Yeah, bro. That's both of the footballs, bro. American and the European football, bro. You can start young if you're gonna get nice. You bro. gotta you gotta be on the Wait, are you referring to little league as little league football? Yeah, like Little League uh, I've only, Oh, okay. I was thinking Little League Baseball this whole time. No, I've never heard no. anyone call... Like, I've heard it called well, Pee Wee and Pop Warner. Like I've never Powell, heard Little like League. Powell is in a D, the police athletic yeah. league. And the is, thing is, we is in, in Michigan, we didn't... At least my program, we didn't have Pop Warner until I was too old. We yeah. just had, like, Little League team. We just had, like, football teams, you know? Hmm. And, like, they didn't call it anything other than... Pal, which yeah. was police athletic league, they have those everywhere. Yeah, yeah there's and in was, California too. You know, there it was, was just like your local literally, <coughs> which was just dads, <coughs> a group of dads, a group of what? A group of dads. You would know about that. That's and why they I've just never got heard together. That's why I never heard of it. That's so <laughs> Makes sick. total sense. I don't know if that's actually what it was, but that's just what it felt like. That's, you know what I mean? Because yeah, like sure. all the coaches were somebody's pops, and they they would just like pay for the shit, and then yeah. they would be like, "All right, y'all niggas." Go hit each other. Yeah, and they yeah. also weren't teaching you anything about football. No. They were just like, go make the play. No. The so. very first program I went to, we we lost every game. And they were like, we just want you guys to have fun. And my my mom was actually like, no, you, you're playing the game to fucking win. You're not playing the game. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Yo, my mom. Yo, quick side note. My mom cussed me out because we got. we. So if you're on JV, right, you move up in the playoffs. To go play or whatever. 
And I couldn't like for play. varsity, you mean? Yeah, for okay. varsity. For the, and it's like I wasn't gonna play, and I couldn't dress. And like we got a big play, and I was like, "Yeah, let's go, let's get it." And I was hype on the sideline. And then after the game, my mom was like, "The fuck are you doing? Getting hype when you're not even fucking dressed?" She was like, "You better be on the fucking field." And I was like, "Okay." Wow. Didn't know you even cared about this shit. Wow. My bad. <laughs> I was like, "Let me step my shit up." And then the se- and then literally the season after that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't go to football camp because my dad wanted to take me on a cruise, and my coach didn't want to play us. Our coach didn't want to play us. But then that game, I got two sacks back to back, and he was like, "Fuck, I gotta play this nigga." And then I was like, "Is that good enough, mom?" She was I like, could yes. not have a more opposite experience. My mom, I think, because everyone she went to Dorsey High School, like the famous yeah. high school in LA. Yeah, yeah. I think like every sports star she knew like ended up being a crackhead because it was like 1982. Yeah. So she like just didn't care if I played sports at all. Did like almost like sabotage me at every turn. <laughs> this is why the father thing is important. Then you know another voice in the room be like, "What are you doing? Your son is six ten. Like encourage him a little bit. Like Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> this thing is a giant. This thing is a giant. Let him go to school." I was like, "Mom, I need to get to JV practice. It starts in ten minutes. You're running late. Like I'm not running late. You didn't tell me in time. Like." You've known this for months. Like, so for, I don't know what to say. Just get me there. They really fucking hate me. I'm never going to get on our team. Yeah, that's so fucking funny, bro. I'm, I think mom's just to have that because my mom was like, I'm not paying for the ticket for you to go because I was like I need to go to UCLA mom they send me the thing let me go to the camp let me go to the camp she was like who paid for the ticket and I was like fuck <laughs> so you know yeah, this, you never I, went to UCLA no I never no. did but that's the thing though too is like a lot of moms don't understand the and like especially if they're not into sports if they didn't grow up with somebody that plays sports they're not gonna understand uh, like why that's important yeah I think my mom knew that like I was a bad kid. Like, I fought everybody. I got yeah. kicked out of summer camps every year to the point where, like, I had to go work with my dad in the summer. I had to go work with my mom in the summer. Like, I couldn't go to summer camps because, yeah, you could pay the $150 or $200 for summer camp or whatever. But, like, you're going to get your money took because I'm getting kicked out in the first week. <laughs> I'm getting in a fight. I am. <laughs> for sure. Like, and then, you know, your money gone. We, it was like the we idea were, of, like, get your money took. Right. <laughs> Where your money went, got took. Got took. <laughs> exactly. run, that, run them, nigga. We, we had the same thing for opposite problems, though. Like, niggas just always want to fight a tall nigga. Did you have to deal with this? Like, I, the, like, the schools I had to go to when my parents got divorced, which was all the nigga schools, everybody was trying to prove some shit. I was like, I don't care, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have nothing to prove to you. Yeah. I like cartoons, nigga. Leave me alone. Every nigga want to fight though. I'm like, you're gonna lose, bro. You, you're five eight and you weigh one ten. Yeah. What the fuck do you think it's is gonna happen? Yeah. When like, I was in high school, that like never happened. I think because it was like an all white high school. I think I went from being like someone that people just didn't necessarily like know or want to connect with to being someone that was like, oh, like I have no problem with Rod, like except for like systematic racism or whatever. So he's black. So but, like, when <laughs> I got to Rod, college and I was at Berkeley and it was like. Berkeley's in the hood. It's like sandwiched between Richmond and Oakland. Mm. So it's like just hood every direction. Yeah. I remember the first, there's a, in Oakland, they do something called a sideshow. They still really do this, but it's basically just in the hood. Like at night after the clubs let out, people are like in their 
scrapers, like the basically like the yeah. old schools. Yeah. Just like burning tires in the middle of the street, like playing music loud. It's like kind of like a street party. Okay, yeah. Went to one of those the first time, and I'm like fucking green as hell at this point. And some dude just walks right up to me, like, and looks me square in the chest. He's like, "You ain't shit, little nigga." And I was like, "What? Why? Have you heard of Cardiff by the Sea? I'm a big deal there. Leave me alone." Bro, bro, you want to know what makes Cardiff by the Sea an extra funny fucking town name? Is that Cardiff is where they shoot Doctor Who, so that's doubly nerdy, nigga. Yeah, the whole town, the whole town is named after that England. Every city, every street in the city is like is uh, English, as English. So it's like Manchester, Montgomery, Edinburgh, all these. Yeah. I didn't know it had anything to do with England until I like grew up. But. Wow. And so funny, like this little extra you note on that. Shit, little nigga. When I was in college, yeah, like the first, they put your. I don't know if they did this with you, Chris. Uh, that they put your your name and your your city you're from on your yeah. locker room on your locker tag. Yeah. And so, like, the first day they did that when I was a freshman yeah. is the first time that people saw Carded by the Sea on my shit. And everyone's like, nigga, what the fuck is Carded by the Sea? <laughs> do, do they even hoop there? Like, nigga, you soft. You trash. <laughs> you, <laughs> I ain't got to worry about you at all. <laughs> and everyone else is like, Oakland, California. Los Angeles, California. Like, yeah, Miami, Florida. It's like, Carded by the Sea. They what kind of Mr. Rogers bullshit is this? <laughs> Just to my face. Like, oh, you're never playing, bro. Bruh. I'm taking all your minutes. Bruh. One of, one of my very good... One of my very good friends, Hogan, you know him, Will, uh, when we had, like, deep, like defensive line meetings the first, like, day... Um, the the coach was like, "All right, where's everybody from?" And I was like, "I'm from Detroit." And Will turned around and was like, "Nigga, no, you not." And I was like, "What? Wow. I was like, what are you talking? About? Just because of how I talk, nigga. Just because how I talk." He was like, "Nigga," he said, "No, you not, nigga." And I was like, "Okay, bro. Like, <laughs> I was like what, what do you want from me, dude? <laughs> like, nigga, what? Like, okay, guy. But my bad. Keep going. Keep going. Damn, that's really funny." Will Will would do that too. Truly, just a fucking just, just a fucking clown. <laughs> Damn. Um. So, yeah. So I. Uh, so my mom basically put me in sports because she was like, "This dude is way too aggressive," and uh, and he needs to go and he needs to go somewhere and play sports. So that's kind of why I started playing. Um, played all the way through um, through high school, and uh, eventually. Got to college, right? But did you, so you, did you play college football? I played college football, yeah. So I played ball out here in um at Cal Lutheran. I played Division three though. So I know Cal Lutheran though. Oh, good. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Cal Cal is a good school, man. It's a solid program. We won a lot of championships. Um, I got rings. I'm very I'm really happy about that. But at the same time, while I was there, <clears throat> I didn't appreciate it because I always had this idea that like I'm like, man, these fucking coaches are. They're not doing their their races first off, because hmm. first off they have at Cal Lutheran it was it was crazy because it's not like you have you don't have a ton of scholarship players. You have dudes that are <clears throat> that are paying to go to school, and then you have like dudes from the hood, right? That are like on their second or third chance. Like maybe they got a torn ACL, they're still good. You got D one guys that like couldn't finish D one ball. And uh, they're just being used. Most of these guys don't graduate. But you don't know that. You just kind of see them play for a couple years, win a championship, and then they kind of fizzle away. 
But then I, so I realized like, oh man, these coaches are really using people in the worst way. And it's not even like at a D1 level. At the D1 level, at least you can leverage, right? Like you can finesse it. If you have some kind of smarts, if you have somebody in your corner, you can maybe finesse it. Even if you don't graduate, you have enough people looking at you. You have enough things that you've done. You could probably make a business or something. Maybe. You still got to have some initiative because there's a lot of dudes that went to Michigan and did fuck all with it, bro. Yeah, Cal is notorious for having the lowest athlete graduation rate in the country. Yeah, bro. And then they just to change that, they just stopped admitting black athletes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll just have more white guys and just get worse at sports for a while. Oh, my God. Before that report came out in, like, 2013, Cal football was fucking great. Then that report came out, and then they fired Jeff Tedford, and then it's like, well, now we'll just recruit worst athletes who just we can guarantee will graduate. That's crazy. That's absurd. <clears throat> but, you know, hey, it is a meat market. Yeah, that's insane. So I, uh, so that was kind of my career, but what brings us to this point is, so, okay, backtracking, I was a very violent kid and a very angry kid because my house was fucked up. So, what's your the level you're comfortable to? Where do you think that came from? Like specifically speaking, your house was fucked up, but like in what way? I think you know. I think it's just like my my parents were trying to make it work, and they did great. Like I, you know, I grew up upper middle class, right? I grew up. My my dad owns a construction company. He still owns one today. General contractor. He knows how to build a bunch of stuff. We built our deck in the backyard. My mom was is an attorney, and she has a private practice. She's been an attorney for over twenty years. She's doing really well, and so. But you had these two polar opposites, right? Like my dad was a guy from Detroit, a hustler, knows how to make money, knows how to finesse, right? But he didn't have a high school education. I don't even think he. <clears throat> I don't even think he graduated high school. Like I don't. I still don't know the story till this day. Hmm. Uh, whereas my mom, you know, she got a JD, so she went to the pretty much the highest level you could go, right? Yeah. As an attorney, um, so you have these two people trying to raise kids, and two people have two different perspectives because my mom has gone to this high level; she's been exposed to people. She hasn't really lived international or done study abroad or anything like that, but her perspective is different because she's been around all these different people that come from different backgrounds. Even when you go to law school, you have like affluent black people yeah. that they they had a crazy upbringing. You know, they grew up with everything and anything, right? Yeah. So you just get exposed to these kind of people, and you're a different kind of person. So that's what I think it was. It was like you had these two people that, like, my dad could care less about school or football. He was just like, when you grow up, you need to work. So he didn't really have any perspective or input on anything that we were doing. Like, he would show up at the football games, but he would just show up, you know. He wouldn't really know what the positions were. He wasn't really interested. He wasn't really – I I guess he didn't understand or care, like, what it was or what it was for. And, like, Hmm. just the whole idea and the foresight that, like, this could turn into something, right? Like, this is shaping a person. This could turn into something better. He thought everything that wasn't work was just a leisure act. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, I mean, like, are you making money? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't get it, right? So, True. also the same thing as high school. Because he also was a dude that, like, he didn't graduate high school. He made tons and tons of money. Like, 
back in the day in Detroit, like you could go to the factory and make six figures. Yeah. A lot of t- a ton of cash. Like a lot of my uncles, a lot of my family worked in a factory, and those dudes. I remember. Those dudes always had fur coats, always Fun had gold style, chains, baby. always had diamonds, always had real nice cars, yep. and they just worked in a factory. And even my uncle now, bro, dude has a yacht, and he's retired. And obviously, he got he got out he got out before everything went to shit. But he retired, got a pension, and he has he lives like a king. And he never went to I don't even think he finished middle school. Damn. But that's but that's Detroit though, right? You have this industry that was just taking anybody and everybody, and you could work and you could make a ton of money if you were smart and you were a hustler. You could save your money. Like everybody know, most people know. Like I should probably save some of this money. Yeah. I should probably do what the you know, what the finance guy at the corporation says. I mean, now it's probably different, but you know they say, "Hey, I'll set you up with a four hundred one k." You just go for it because the dude says so. It's not gonna be too much money out of your check. You're still balling out of control. Yeah. So, so he wasn't really into that. So I think a lot of the problems came from they weren't seeing eye to eye. Yeah. So and it was like a lot of weird stuff that was happening, and it was just like at a certain point, like my dad lived at home, but he was he was kind of absent because he just would like pay bills and he would like and like you know he did teach he did teach me stuff too like he taught me how to build stuff and make stuff and like he taught me how to be a hustler right you know like he basically like I always saw my dad he always made something out of nothing and that's the thing and like the sad part is is like I can sit here and talk about my dad in a good light like that but like the guy has a lot of problems you know the he's, guy he was a classic uh, old black not even just black dad, just a classic old dad where it's like, I'm just, I'm, if, are you eating, nigga? Like, aside yeah. from that, like, yeah. what are we talking about? I don't know. I mean, Edens, you've, you've met him. Like, ha, have you ever yeah. ho- held real conversations with him? Nope. Like, <laughs> like nope, he don't really talk. He yeah. just hold emotions in. He just doesn't really give you a whole lot. Yeah. But he just makes sure stuff is done. And, like, it's like, he almost has a perspective of, like, why do you need my, like, why do you need my input? Yeah. Like, what is that going to do for you? Because he didn't, but, you know, he came from the same kind of thing. Like, he had, his dad was in his house, but, like, his dad was just literally the same way he was with us. He was very absent. He was just kind of, like, doing what he had to do and, like, running the street, doing whatever, but just making sure the house was tight, making sure people had whatever they needed and was, like... I was writing, I was writing the script and I asked both of my parents that question. I was, like, what are... Because we all are just... Compound trauma, that's what people are, right? Yeah. And how you deal with it, whatever, is how you develop the person that you are. And I asked both of them, I was like, what are your parents like? And they both had the same thing of like, my mom said she was more favorable as to like his positive attributes, but both of them were, my mom and my dad said that their dad worked like he was supposed to. And then all that kid stuff was like, I love you, but like, I don't really yeah. know, like how kids are supposed to be raised today, where it's like, oh, I need, you know, like that shit is not for them. They didn't understand that. They were yeah. like, you, you gotta go eat, bro. Like the nurturing was kind of like not really there. But I don't know what that looks like for them, right? Like yeah. I don't know if that even, like maybe it crosses their mind, but I don't know if that even becomes a thing of like, do I need to worry about this because I can't, you know, they in their mind they turned out fine and they did. I mean, yeah. you know. 
Like, they turned out just fine. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, you know. So, um, so that's kind of the thing. So, uh, we ran into a lot of problems there. And I just kind of, I think as a kid, like, you internalize those things and they come and you act out. So, I was just really frustrated. I, I had a temper anyway just because my both my parents have tempers. So, that was there on top of the craziness going on in the house. So, fighting everybody, knew I needed to, uh, I knew I needed to play a sport and get out of that. So, um, by the time I, okay, so that turned into alcoholism, you know, so I, so I, uh, I was, you know, when I was young, I was really good. I didn't, I didn't actually want to drink. There was actually no alcohol in my house. And Same. my parents didn't party or anything. We didn't have <clears throat> party. We had like a lot to get to go get togethers and social events at our house, but we never had like parties where people were getting lit or anything like that. So, um, so by the time, and my mom also was very strict. She's an old school, classic, strict Christian black lady. Same. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, Christians don't do this. Christians don't do that. She's very super rigid around stuff. So it was like, you know, and with that, she also withheld a lot of natural information about. She just withheld information. Same. <laughs> so you know, so you know, you just I don't, like I can't say same. You don't. So you don't yeah. get. You don't get a lot because first of all, you're restricted. Second of all, you're withheld information. So you're growing up nice in a sheltered environment, but like you still don't. You don't have these things that can help you connect the dots between things that are happening to you or things that are happening to other people or whatever. Shelter's a little too refined. Your shelter yeah. is too refined. So yeah. we got the country, we got the country day. <laughs> and and, and um, that's the name of our high school, by the way. Yep. I wasn't going to name drop it, but you know. Chris Detroit has already done, already, already done this 16 times, yeah, 20 times. I don't know. It's, it's come up. It, yeah, okay. it has. Yeah. So we got the country day and uh, I was the one, like I've always been a rebellious kid. I was the youngest and uh, I'm youngest of two, uh, three. So I got two older brothers and we were at a party and I just was basically like, look, man, I want to drink because look at all these girls here. We're in the biggest house I've ever been in in my life Yeah. at this point. This is like 15 years old? This is like 15 years old. Okay. And I'm like, we around rich people. Those parties were crazy. These girls are hot. <laughs> girls are hot. You see these, these girls are hot. hot because ah. because look because they because My dick they hurts. <laughs> but look but look here's drink this pain off. <laughs> but look here's here's where I'm going though. They, they grew up with rich moms that knew how to take care of themselves and knew how to dress and knew how to do makeup yeah. and all this stuff. So they were looking hot because the they just took after that. Yeah. So you're like, dang, I'm looking at this girl that, like, is she just put together like, she's not a girl. She's put together like a woman, right? Um, in my eyes. We right? also lofted them up because of just the, the structure of Country Day. The like, all the black the people felt like it was, we were imports, even if you weren't the sports one. But particularly the sports niggas were like, this not really, uh, like, it's a real way of experiencing life. Like we said, it teaches you early. We no, were like, you, yeah. we like. In the back of your mind, you kind of knew like, this is yeah, not like, really real. It's great yeah. to be here. Yeah. But like, let's just see what happens. It's like, you fuck with me, you don't fuck with black people. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, you, you like what I'm doing. Yeah, like, yeah. but I mean, continue my bad. So, so I just knew I wanted to drink because I'm like, yo, there's a lot of girls here. I just came from an all boys school. I was welcomed and people, and like, when me, Mose and O'Neal came, 
Like Dude, literally, it was, a, it was a talk <laughs> talk at the time because we showed we all showed up and like suited up crazy, and like people were like, "Who are those dudes?" First like of you all, you came to, to your first day of school in a tuxedo. No, because <laughs> <No. laughs> that's what that's a choice. It's a big choice. It's fun. No, 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 no. So many <laughs> girls. <laughs> Turn it no, 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 no. We, okay, we had, okay. A, we had a uniform. Okay, so, to, to set the stage, we, <laughs> so it was a tuxedo, <laughs> tuxedo shirt like near. Step Brothers. <laughs> damn near, damn near. But we, but it, but it was actually the open house. It was the open house, yeah. like maybe a couple months before school started. Is how you just and, the polo dons we used to call them. Yeah, so we. That's the thing. We used to wear polo all the time, just crazy amounts of polo. But we showed up to the open house, suited up, and like usually. Like, this is something that a middle-class black person would do, but a rich white kid that was going to go to country, they would just show up in, like, a polo and shorts because they don't need to prove anything. Mm-hmm. So we came in there all suited up at the open house, and we were huge. I was bigger than I... I was... I'm not... I don't think I'm big now because I was actually huge in high school. Yeah, bro. I was huge. No neck. So we show up there, and they're like, yo, these dudes are obviously football players. They're black. And they're all wearing suits. Who are these guys? The coach knew who we were because he knew that we were coming. But everybody knew, like, oh, crap, something crazy is about to happen. And Swan looked like uh, a stereotypical light-skinned nigga. Swan was an Abercrombie Yeah, just literally just a boy band member, bro. Light-skinned black dude just looked like a model. And, uh, And that was just all crazy in itself. So the whole thing happening at once was wild. So we showed up and everybody just showed us love. So we get we get invited. We just got popular immediately. And also, Moses is a social butterfly. He talks yeah. like crazy. Man got a mouthpiece. So it was just a, a large combination. I wasn't really like a talker like that. I'm just a nice guy. But I just, you know, I can get along with anybody. So anyway, we go to these parties and like we're just in the in crowd. Um, but I just knew that like, I'm not at the all-boys school anymore. I don't have to fight people. There's girls everywhere. And they're letting us drink. There's no parents at this party. I've never been to a party like this before. And it's just wild. Like, and I was always a designated driver anyway. So yeah. there's also that. There's also that. That and really, honestly, I think I'm a part of the problem for all of my friends. Because he, these niggas started getting a little too comfy. Here's the thing, we though. Parties, here's the thing. I, I, I went to jail, but I think that... What? <laughs> I went to We're jail. We're gonna get there. We're gonna get to that, that point. I think, <laughs> that Chris, I think that Chris kept me out of jail way earlier. I went to jail because Chris wasn't in college with me. <laughs> if I went to school with Chris, I wouldn't have ever gone to jail. I have friends like that. Like, I wouldn't have ever gone like, to jail. I'm always the voice of reason, and then one friend in particular like moved to Portland, and then like he immediately went to jail. <laughs> Bro. So I was like, "What happened? What happened to Soso? Like, oh, he's in jail." I'm like, "Damn it!" I, I fought against this for years. <laughs> yeah, everything that, I could. That's Chris, bro. Just young, bro. I was like, bro, I get it. Bro. I know who you are, bro. But like, come on, man. I can't. I can't have you fall down like bro. that. So many times, I I snuck dudes into the crib. I was like, go through the back door, bro. Don't come through drunk to the front door. Bro. Bro. So, so I so in in high school, I just drank because it was fun. Um. In high school, I, I was just drinking because it was fun, and uh, and it was something new to me. I didn't develop like an actual, I call it like an alcohol addiction. I feel like there's people that are addicted to alcohol, or maybe they're just drinking because they're in some kind of cycle, like I was. 
And there's people that are actually alcohol dependent that are like, yo, if I don't drink, I'm going to shake all day or like, yeah. you know, I'm going to be physically sick. I think I really relate to the former. Yeah. So, so I, I was there. I didn't get that until I got to college. So my house got so bad. I, on the surface, I didn't really know. I just knew I was feeling some kind of way. And I just knew like, I need to get, I need to get away from here mm-hmm. because first of all, I know that there's more of the world. And I know that I have options to leave. So I'm going to leave. So I wanted to go to Cali because it was great. And Cali was actually my second choice because I was supposed to go to Villanova. Classic story. I was supposed to. politics, man. That's my North Carolina story. Man, I was, they came and they recruited me, dog, and I was supposed to go. But they had already given up the scholarship. So, hey. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Taylor's bro. oldest time. <laughs> so, Think an athlete, they have that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, Mecca told us one about what school? Oh, snap. What was it? Oh, I can't think of it right now. Whatever. So, my man could told the exact same story. He's like, yeah, I was supposed Stanford. to go to Stanford. It was Stanford, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the, way that, the way that the shit worked out, man. It just did away, bro. Like, you know. That's crazy. But, okay, so I actually, I was supposed to go on a visit. Um, the day, So we played it. It was a Friday Night Lights game. I was supposed to go on a visit on that Saturday. I dislocated my kneecap that game. But I didn't know it was a dislocated kneecap. We actually had a very terrible, horrible school doctor. Worst, the and worst. he was like, and Garbage. like I got, I got hit. I, I was actually blocking for uh, Lee Bailey, LB, um, and I was, uh, I was like just doing an ISO, and I came. I guess I came through the hole too fast. The linebacker wasn't there, and like everybody knows, you never stop. Like yeah. just don't stop just running. But I was like, if I don't, if I keep running, the linebacker is going to go behind me. So I kind of stopped for a split second. The linebacker, I stopped for a split second, and I look back. I'm like, Lee, where are you? Because he usually, he usually actually had his hand on my hip. Like we would run like that. So I'm like, where are you? I look back, turn back. Linebacker hits me. Lee comes past me. Knee dislocated. My leg is this way. My leg is going to the right. My body's on the left. So I'm sitting there, and. Uh, I forget who it was, but they get up and they're like, oh, bro, your leg. And I'm like, yeah, no. And like, I'm in shock at this time. So the, the doctor comes out. That reminds me of like old school. Like, you got a fucking dirt in your head. Don't pull it out. It don't was, pull it out. Took one to the jugular, It man. was crazy, bro. It, it was, was just, scary, It was bro. just like was that. Like, my leg was to the side, and but I didn't feel any pain. So they rush out there and they, and they pick me up. They didn't pop it back yet. They pick me up, take me to the sideline. They pop it back in place, and then my leg just starts swelling up, right? The doctor is like, bro, your MCL's torn. Your ACL's torn. With you no x-rays, just looking at it. Just like, Wait, what? He just, he just no eyeballed it? No x-rays. He was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, everything's destroyed. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's fucking all, idiot. It's all this, torn. This, Wait, <laughs> we've... You've got six months. We this, can make you comfortable. <laughs> we can do our best to make you comfortable. Bro, probably going to die from this one. Fam, this is the same dude where one of our teammates was suffering from cramps, and he gave him a medicine that in, like causes cramps. So he had full body cramps. His body was seizing. Like he was like, hey, game, drink dog. more of this. And he was like, oh, yeah, just double up on that. I was like, how are you a fucking doctor? <laughs> Good team. Finish out. Finish out. This guy also... Gave me a prescription for Adderall way down. This is years later. 
I had no I had no symptoms. I asked him and he wrote a prescription. Yeah, I don't. We what? not gonna drop his name. <laughs> but he was say a terrible name. guy. No, what do you mean no. say his name? No, Fuck no, that guy. No, 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 no. Yo, whoever's out there on the sleep. internet, search Detroit, search, <laughs> search doctors, search Country Day. We're gonna come up with this information. This is easy information to that's find. That's fine. Like. That's fine. We and then we're gonna put it out there. The next podcast, I'm gonna say the name. As long as we not indict you. So he, so he's a whisper to me. <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> he he a terrible dude. So basically he told me he's like, what do you have to do? You gotta go to emergency room right now. I'm like, no, I got a I got an official visit at Villanova. He's like, bruh, you can't fly on a plane. You might get a blood clot. We can't risk that. You can't fly. You can't go. No. So I'm like, okay. He made me cry. I'm like, yo, this is terrible. So I have to just call Villanova and be like, yo, I can't make it. Right, I don't tell them that I'm that I, you know, I'm hurt, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they know. But you know, we rescheduled a visit. It wasn't an official visit. It was just like, okay, you can come out and see the, you can come out and see the campus. We'll see what's going on. So, um, mind you, I have no more film for that year. I was done. I think I was done that year. Yeah, I know because Brad Smith came in and lost us that season. So. Anywho. <laughs> Anywho. I see so. why you fucking like Friday Night Lights so much. It's, just like, it's like literally every football movie I've ever seen. The running back like hurts his knee, loses the scholarship. It was ridiculous, bro. It was ridiculous. So should have dominated. So that, that happened. Um, fast forward, that didn't work. Um, but then I got to go to Cal Lutheran because uh, the homie Ben Nelson came back. He played. He played baseball at our school and also baseball at Cal Lutheran. He came back and was like, bro, you need to, uh, I heard you want to go to school in Cali. You need to come check out my school. I was like, okay, cool. So um, I just flew out there, showed him my film. They start recruiting me. That's that. I got as far away from home as possible and then just started going crazy. So got to Cali. Cali's a different animal than Detroit. You have all the weed you could smoke, anything and everything. People are just chill. It was a crazy party environment environment i've had a lot of fun playing ball but i drank a lot and did a lot of drugs and did a lot of crazy things um keep going we got but that's what is that i mean when did it become that you expressed that all of this that's what i wanted to do get into it so because that's what i was trying to get well well here's well what happened is so i started to because i was partying so much I fell into the loop of just partying every weekend and and just I didn't recognize that like I was drinking because a lot of things. It's like I was experiencing racism. I didn't realize. I just knew that like people were treating me kind of weird. Hmm. And then I and then also it was like I knew my family had was weird and I was away from home like I was trying to run from it but it wasn't actually making it any better. It was just like I was away and like people were still behaving the same way. And at that point, you know, once you're doing it, you're just doing it so much. And then I got to the point where I realized I have a problem. And I used to make jokes. I used to make jokes and be like, yeah, man, I got a problem. And it would just be like a joke. And then, uh, and I actually wanted to stop drinking, but like, I didn't know how. I just knew that like, and then toward the end, I knew that like I was something bad was gonna happen to me, so I actually felt like, you know, I'm gonna die. 
Like I like I would go outside, there would be like dead animals by my car. Like weird stuff. And this is probably a combination of being of me being drunk all the time. For it also. But then also like me feeling like uh very nervous about me dying. So like stuff was appearing. So I'll be like seeing dead animals. I would like randomly get like weird uh weird cuts and stuff and like weird things on my body and just be like, man, I'm like, I don't know how I hit my hand or how I hit my leg this way. Um, and then like, it just was felt really dark. So I'm like, I'm either I'm going to die. Like somebody's going to come and kill me or I'm going to drink myself to death or I'm going to like OD on a drug or something. Mm. Something bad is going to happen to me. So actually what ended up happening is I, uh, I got into a DUI car accident. I got into a head on collision on the road. It was like in Thousand Oaks, there are a lot of windy roads because it's kind of in the hills. So I got into a head-on collision. I had an apartment at the time. I lived with this girl. Uh, she was actually my friend. And she was like just real, we were just real cool, which was out of character for me because I would have, I never saw myself being able to live with a girl like that. But it was cool. And we had a really good relationship and a good situation. Uh, but she, uh, yeah, so I lived with her and... It was just a crazy, it was just like, I I was just drinking too much. So anyway, I went out, I was going, it was during um, Halloween. I was going out to a Halloween party. It was October 27th, actually. So I'm going out to a Halloween party and I sneak out of the house. I don't know why I snuck out of the house. It's like, I didn't have to hide anything from her. I just could have been like, hey, I'm leaving. But like, I snuck out for some reason. I put a costume on, sneak out of the house. I go to this party, I buy a whole 30 rack of beer. I wanted to drink the whole thing because that's just who I was. I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to try to finish this whole 30 rack. Every time, I would never do it, but I would drink a lot of beer. Never finish the whole thing because that's just way too much to drink. So <clears throat> I go to the party and I just end up getting into this car accident. There's a lot of details in between, but that would take forever for me to explain. So I'm blacked out in the car, though. So I'm on this back road. I'm blacked out in the car. I'm going in, I'm kind of like going in and out, but I just remember getting into the car accident and it's darkness all around me. It's like 3 a.m. in the morning and I hear screams in the dark. I hear people like, I just hear people like screaming, like, like screaming for their life, like, like screaming, like they're hurt, like whimpering, like, like help. And I just remember thinking like, damn, this was the thing that was going to happen to me. It was very sobering. I was very much like not drunk anymore and like thinking clearly and being like being able to connect things real quick. I'm like, this is the thing that's going to happen to me. But also I'm relieved because this means I'm going to have to stop drinking because the law is involved now and somebody's going to make me stop drinking. Something's going to happen. So that's when I that's when I started running into issues. So. It's actually a miracle that I am, that my situation turned out the way it was because of my mom. My mom is an attorney, so she kind of knew, like, this is a black guy. He's in a bad legal situation. He needs really good help or he's going to end up underneath the jail. So from there, I, uh, I talk to the police. Uh, I go to the hospital. I heal up. Um, I, you know, I, I, um, I hurt my stomach really bad. 
I hurt my leg really bad, broke my leg, uh, punctured my intestine. I had surgery on both of those things. And I stayed in the hospital for like nine days. With After nine days, I was able to leave, right? And I talked to police and talked to everybody. And um, I got to leave and withdraw from school and just be like, look, uh, you know, withdraw from school right at the time before I couldn't, like I didn't have any Fs, just all Ws. So withdrawed, went home to Michigan, got to rehab. And that was, that was pretty much it until, so I get into this uh, accident in October. In January, I'm in school in Chicago. Now I'm pursuing art. Did you start it before or then? What do you mean? Did you start the art part before you went to school? I started the art before. So I actually, you know, at Country Day, they made us do all of these different art classes. I started making art um, in about 10th grade. I started doing ceramics. I had a natural talent for for pottery and crafting. Yeah, just I'm going to just say the battery's running like it's going to die any okay. minute. So then, then give us give us. <laughs> <laughs> the art in jail and then from there and where you are right now. Do that as quick as you can. Okay, so you know, I, I so I started in tenth grade. I started making ceramics. I was really dedicated to that because I knew I wanted to be really great at something. I didn't get a chance to be the running back that I wanted to be. So I was like, I need to get an award in something. I want to win something. So I put all my effort into winning the ceramic book award. I won that, made all this art. It was really cool. That was kind of on the back burner. I still wanted to be a football player, so I get into this car accident. Before that, I, I was really into photojournalism. I was into telling stories, so I used to carry a camera around and take photos, and I wanted to just write. I didn't know what photojournalism was. I thought you just take photos and write about them. So that's kind of what I was doing. I get into the accident, so then I get a chance to pursue photojournalism. So I go to Columbia and Chicago, and now I'm a photojournalism major. major. And I am learning how to do this stuff, right? So I'm taking all these classes. I'm learning how to use a camera and all these technical things. So from there, I, uh, I'm i still, you know, in the process of doing my case. I was actually, I was sober for three months while I was in Chicago. But that was hard because I wasn't going to any program or any AA. So I was going on a, uh, I was actually going on vacation with a rich friend of mine, Marco Ferrega. Shout out Marco. Uh, we were going to St. Lucia, and uh, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning. We pull up to the airport. We literally blow past um, TSA. Like, Marco's mom has some hookup. We didn't even go through security check. It was a huge line. We walked through, like, a little door, went straight through security check, and we actually did our security check at the gate. So we do our security check at the gate, and then they're stalling me out. They're like, okay, Christian Hogan, uh, can we see your passport again? So I'm like, okay. So I show my passport. They're stalling me. I'm like, yo, this is taking so long. Next thing I know, it's two cops behind me, uh, Christian Hogan. I'm like, huh? He's like, uh, we're, we're uh, here for a warrant for your arrest out of Ventura County. Do you know about that? I was like, uh, actually, I don't know about that, but it makes sense. <laughs> because yeah. the thing is, is I knew that I did something wrong and I talked to police and I knew that nothing happened. Yeah. And like, it had been three months later. Three, four, probably, this is probably eight months later, yeah. I, and nothing happened. So I knew in the back of my mind something was going to happen to me. But I was miserable, so I, so I was still drinking. So I go to jail at Cook County Jail for seven days in Chicago. Cook County Jail is the craziest place. It's like Shawshank Redemption, bro. 
It's it's bars in there. We gotta talk there's, about that another time. They're scraping on the floor. They're screaming at night. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds, <horrible. laughs> Sounds horrible. So I'm in there for seven days, and you know, thank the Lord, my mom was able to talk to some people. She literally put her license on the line and said, "Look, you can take my license if this guy doesn't show up, but I need him out of jail." So judge was like, "Okay, cool." So they let me out of jail after seven days. Then I get fast-tracked on this recovery program. So I get in contact with this guy named John Jinx. He calls me. He's like, yo, I heard you got a problem. You need to go to a meeting. You need to listen to everything I say. It's kind of like Pulp Fiction where, you know, the wolf comes in. He's like, don't fucking ask questions. Just Just fucking do it. it." (laughs) And he was talking to me crazy on the phone. He's like, go to a meeting now. He's like, I don't know who you are. Do this stuff. Send, Go find all this information. I want you to send it. Send it today. It was like an odd time. I'm walking down the street on Chicago. The, the L train is over me. I'm like, okay. Uh. So I get fast track. I start going to this program. And then uh, fast forward, I get sober. I get two years sober. You know, my case has been stretched out for two years. I've been reporting back and forth to court from Chicago to LA to, LA to go to court. And then, um, the, uh, and then I have my sentencing. I technically win the case because they were trying. I had a split sentence. I still have a split sentence. It's either a year in jail or eight years in prison. Granted, I didn't kill anybody. I'm not saying what I did wasn't wrong. But they were trying to give me eight years in prison, right? Quiet is kept. There were some things going on with the party that was in the other car too. But I can't use that as anything because I hit them. And it's totally my fault. I wear that. I know that's my problem. So I get sentenced. I get a year in jail in Ventura County Jail, but a year in jail is actually six months in jail. So yeah. I go to jail. I'm immediately in the in the California court system or legal or like a jail system. It's like segregated. It's like blacks and Mexicans. I've and heard whites. that. Yeah. So Mexicans and whites are like you're able to choose what you are. So if you're a real white Mexican, you can say, "Oh, I'm white." If you are real uh, urban acting white person you could say oh, I'm Mexican and depending on who who you're clicked up with so I'm black thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube